Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. You can go over to uh, Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter number 12. And we'll get back into our series here on the blood and the word. Called The series is called Overcome. God desires that his people walk in victory over all the plots and plans of the enemy. He desires that we overcome. The precious blood of Jesus, which we've sung about. Um, the scripture tells us that the precious blood of Jesus is on the mercy seat of heaven crying out for better things than that of Abel's. Hebrews chapter 12 verse number 24 says, Jesus, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. As believers, we're in a very real spiritual battle that is raging all around us on a daily basis. Now, it's easy not to be aware of the battle usually in church, but when you get out, just watch what happens. Uh, sometimes people think, well, I gave my heart to the Lord, and it's like my mental state went worse. <laughs> well, what you did was is you transferred kingdoms and the enemy doesn't like that, so he heightens attacks. So he'll bring things against your mind. And part of winning spiritual battles is understanding what you have in Christ and understanding spiritual principles and how spiritual laws work in the spiritual realm because that's what affects the natural realm. Okay? Now, if you want extra credit, you know, if, you, if you're one of those uh, people in school that always wanted extra credit, 100% wasn't enough. You wanted 105%. There are three messages on spiritual warfare on the website that I'd encourage you to listen to um, and about the blood. One of the series is called Unmasking the Enemy, and one of them is called Spirit Wars, and the other is called The Blood Covenant. And those three series will help you understand even more of what we're talking about here because I'm not going into that great a detail. But we're in a spiritual battle. Um, the battle is not flesh and blood. I know it feels like it at times. I know it appears that way, but it's not. It's against powers and rulers of the dark age and principalities, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The most important victory in this battle already took place and that was when Jesus Christ was crucified and raised from the dead. So when you received Jesus, you received everything Jesus accomplished. And that's what we're talking about here, understanding what he accomplished for you so you can walk in it by faith or live that pattern of life that he's designed for you. The scripture tells us that in Christ we are more than conquerors. In order to walk in the potential of the victory, of that victory, we must understand the significance of the blood, the significance of the blood of Jesus Christ. So we've talked about different things. The word overcome means to conquer, to prevail, to subdue, and get the victory, to carry off the victory, or to come off victorious with the understanding of doing this by force. Now, this is not natural force. In other words, if you pray louder, it doesn't scare the devil. But if you pray with understanding, whether it's quieter or louder, it scares the devil. And you say, scares the devil. Yeah, the scripture says, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee. Flee. What does a person who's fleeing, what does that imply? They're afraid. 
You say, the devil's afraid of me? Yeah. Well, I thought I was afraid of him. I know, but you're not thinking right. People say, well, it sure feels like I'm afraid of him. That's because you're moving by your feeling instead of your spirit. You've got to walk. The faith walk is one of not seeing. Well, that includes all five senses. It doesn't mean we deny what we see. It means we deal with the source of what we see. Let me say that again because some of you weren't listening. All right. It doesn't mean we deny what we see. It means what? That we deal with the source of what we see. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Does that mean all those people that were oppressed understood that what was going on in their life was from the devil? No, but Jesus did. And so our perspective needs to take on a new perspective. It needs to take on Jesus' perspective. When we take on Jesus' perspective, we'll see past what we see into what is taking place in the spirit. Amen. So, uh, for instance, you may go to the doctor and the doctor may say to you, uh, you got such and such a problem. And, and they, may show, they may bring up an x-ray and, and show you something that they can fix medically. They can go in and work with the body to be able to put things a certain way so that the body will heal itself, right? But if you understood the spirit world, you would understand that what is taking place in your body actually didn't start in your body. It started in the spirit. Come on, think with me, think with me, think with me. How Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good and healing who were oppressed of the... Now, if you listen to evolutionists and really smart people who I call fools, and the only reason I call them that is because the Bible calls them that. If, if The Bible says that anybody that says there is no God is a... Fool. Okay. So they have multiple degrees, but they're stupid. Amen. Now, I'm, not, I'm not coming against the medical community here. I'm coming against an atheistic worldview. Okay. There are good, godly... I mean, you're going to find a doctor, find a Christian doctor. Are you going to find a nurse or a PA? Find a Christian one. And if you can, find a spirit-filled one. One that doesn't deny miracles and signs and wonders. Amen? Amen? Jesus understood that the oppression that is operating in humanity did not come from the natural. He understood that it come from, came from the spiritual. So he didn't just come demonstrating in the natural, but he came teaching with an understanding of the natural from the eternal. Right? So when he saw sickness, he didn't automatically think, I need to get you to a doctor. He automatically thought, devil oppression. I didn't say possession. I didn't say because you've had sickness or dealt with sickness that you've got to realize you're in the earth and the devil is working. And he's the God of this earth. So he's causing things to happen, right? In the spirit. So what are we to do? Legally, we need to understand our covenant. And if you're going to understand your covenant, you better understand the blood. What did the blood of Jesus do for you? The blood has given you victory. Let's go Revelation chapter 12. 
Verse number 11 says this, and they overcame him, and they're talking about Satan. It's talking about Satan if you go back and read verse 10. And they overcame him or overcame Satan by the and the word of their testimony. How did they overcome? By the blood of the... They must have understood something about how the blood of Jesus and what the blood of Jesus accomplished and how to operate in faith in conjunction with that blood to overcome their enemy. So in order for you to overcome him, you're going to have to understand something that most Christians don't understand. You're going to have to understand something that the world absolutely doesn't understand. Uh, uh, there's a, uh, a, a, the new atheistic scientist guy, uh, Degrassi. Degrassi De, um, he's a guy who gets on and he does these things you know, and talks about science and how far science has come, and he tries to prove evolution and the, and the, uh, uh, the non-existence of God. And he even, I've watched sections of this because I can't help it, I want to argue. But, <laughs> but I've watched section, sections of this, and he's made, he makes statements like this. He says things like, in the Bible days, they didn't know what we know scientifically, so that's why there was the demonic. But... Then he made this statement, and sickness and different things like that. So they had to, they chalk it up to witchcraft. They chalk it up to spirituality. And all this stuff is still on today, you realize. All the witchcraft, all the other nonsense, it's still on. But they chalked it up to that because they didn't have the intellect that we do. See, they think they're superior to the people of that day because of where we're at technologically. That's funny. Because I want to I have a conversation with him and go, well, when I read the historically accurate record of how Jesus healed the epileptic, he didn't give him any medication and the epilepsy never came back. So how many have you healed with your science? And I want to argue it from that standpoint. In other words, you're saying... As a created being, you're denying the one who created you and claiming you're smarter than him. What do they not understand? Spiritual realities. When you can produce the results that God produces, which will never happen, even in medical things, there's always a side effect there's always something, and we're not demonizing medical things at all. There's, there's, I mean, they've done a lot of good, but what they're doing is they're working with what God already placed within your body, the ability to heal. Last time I checked when I cut my finger, I didn't have to go to the doctor to have it heal. I mean, a lot of times I just put masking tape right over the top of the cut on the construction site, and it healed up. And I've had some deep cuts if I would have gone to the doctor, they would have said, you should get stitches. I was like, I got masking tape. You don't understand how powerful this is. <laughs> I'm thankful for doctors. When my brother hit me in the face with a golf club and I had six, 36 stitches inside and outside my mouth. 
There's a gruesome part of the story that I'm not going to share right now. I'm going to move on. But thank God for the doctor who stitched my face back together. Because otherwise, I'd have been a sight to see. And I've even had plastic surgery. <laughs> Some of you looking like, really? Yeah, I used to have huge scar tissue down here. On this side, I think it was this side. I don't even know anymore. But anyway, and so my mom took me in because she's like, he is so ugly. If I leave him, he'll never get married. So that's not true. My mom is way nicer than me. All right, so what did the blood of Jesus do? It brought salvation. We know this from John chapter 3, verse 3. We know it from John 3, 17. We know it from Acts 4, 12. What is salvation? It's the act of being born again. It's being saved from eternal damnation. This is a legal reality in the spirit that we must understand. What else did it do? It brought redemption. And you could just mark these scriptures down if you want. I'm not going to go to them all because we just don't have time, but they'll, they'll bring these words out. What is redemption? Redemption is the contract on our life is paid in full. You're redeemed. You were, you were bought back from the power of sin and death. We see this in Psalm 107.2, Ephesians 1.7, and Revelation 5, 9, and 10. Don't even try, Ian. I'm going too fast. I'll let you know when I, when I uh, need you to, to put them up there. It also brought us justification. All in the blood? Yeah, all in the blood. The blood of Jesus is powerful. It's multifaceted. Come on, it's a cure-all. The world would call it snake oil. If it, whatever ails you, just take this. Is there any snake oil today? Yeah, it's called essential oils. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> I just had to get that dig in. I, I, I could feel it. It was there. It just came out of me. All right, so I'm not against essential oils. Just, right? They're in my house. I've never used them, but they are in there. <laughs> We've been justified. What does that mean? We've been acquitted of guilt and sin by the blood. I don't know about you, but that'll make you feel a little lighter. You won't sit around and think about everything you did wrong. Why? It's under the blood. It's disappeared. Come on. Jesus removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. He threw it into the sea of forgetfulness, and then he pounded a sign in the ground and said, no fishing. <laughs> so stop digging it up. Stop going fishing for your past. God wants you to see your future. And you can use your past as a testimony to the goodness of God, but you cannot give it to the enemy for a sledgehammer on your head. Because you're justified. Justification is found in Romans 5, verse 8 and 9. It's found in Acts chapter 13, verse 38 and 39, and through 40, verse 41. So Acts 13, 38 through 41. The blood of Jesus has made us the righteousness of God. We are put back into right standing with God. We see this in Romans 3, 22 through 25. We see that we have been sanctified by the blood of Jesus, which means we're set apart unto God. At salvation as well as each day after through the blood of Jesus, God has separated. The scripture actually says this, that you've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. Notice it's not the kingdom of the son of his condemnation. It's the son of his love. It is love that God is releasing to you. Why? Because he understands that faith works by 
And he wants your faith operating at a high level. So he doesn't beat the snot out of you over what you've done wrong. He rather loves you. Now, it doesn't mean he won't correct you. But he doesn't just take you in and go, man, you've got to be one of the dumbest kids i got. <laughs> he doesn't do that. He says, I believe in the work of grace that I did in you that you received. Then he says this, I need you to believe in what I did. So when, you're, when you wake up tomorrow morning and your feet hit the ground, you go, righteousness is up. <laughs> and good looking. <clears throat> Some people don't believe that. They're like, you don't know. You're, you don't know what you're looking at. I'm looking past what we see here into what we see here. And as Mike said it, muy guapo. You are muy guapo. <laughs> muy bonita. If you're female. I had a good friend. I said this. Where's Patty? Patty Smith, where are you at? I know I saw you come in. Thank you. I know you don't like attention. But <laughs> I, I was best friends with her son, Zach. And we were in high school together. And thank God we found Jesus because she prayed us through. But we were in Spanish together. Do you know what Zach named himself? El Guapo. <laughs> I love Zach, man. He was hilarious. But that's cool, you know? It's like everybody, you had to give him, you had to, you had to address people in Spanish class by their Spanish name. So he heard all day, El Guapo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but in the spirit, you are good looking. I mean, I think you should tuck and paint and dye and do everything you can with what you got here in the natural. But one day, you're going to look so good, Jesus will give you your glorified body and you won't have to diet. You won't have to exercise. You won't have to shave, cut, trim, any of that anymore. The full manifestation of the redeemed work of the blood of Jesus will come into full expression. And then we will walk around and our name tags will say, Muy Guapo. People will look at us and they'll go, you look just like Jesus. Yes, I do. <laughs> You're sanctified. You find that in 1 Corinthians 1.30. You find it in Hebrews 10.10. You find it in Hebrews 10.14. The blood of Jesus brought remission. Remission is the debt and guilt of sin has been canceled. So when you go to look for your past, when you go to look for a sin that you committed, the blood of Jesus says, canceled. Payment due? Zero. 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 Nothing. This takes faith. You got to sit on these things. Because people are like, people are like, no, I know what I did last week. If you ask for forgiveness, if it's under the blood, if you say, oh, that was dumb, Lord. Sorry about that. He says, if you confess it, gone. And let me say this. Just because you did sin doesn't mean you lost your, unrighteous, or your righteousness. 
That did not happen. If, if, if you have to get born again every time you miss it, or I miss it, we'd never leave the altar. Now, I, I don't do the things that I used to do. So, in other words, you say, well, what does that mean? I'm in the process of sanctification. Experiential sanctification. Positional sanctification is done. What is experiential sanctification? Very simply, renewal of the mind, control of the body. Renewal of the mind, control of the body. If the devil can get you to think that God, that, that, that condemnation is a function of heaven, you'll never grow spiritually. Condemnation is not a function of heaven. Of heaven. You've been Remit, it's been remitted. Your sin has been remitted. The debt has been canceled. That's found in Acts chapter 10, verse 43. It's found in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. The blood of Jesus also did this. It reconciled us. Reconciled us. When we change our attitude and accept God's provision, we change from hostility towards God to fellowship and love with him. We're reconciled to him. We've been brought back into fellowship. Everything is good. How many have ever reconciled your checkbook? You might not like the results at the end of it. Maybe you did like the results. I don't know. But it was reconciled. Well, in heaven, the blood of Jesus has reconciled your debt to God. In other words, there's a zero balance. Say it with me. I owe nothing. Come on, we just sang the song, The Blood of Jesus. How much of what we did got us saved? Other than I went, oh, you were offering Jesus? I'm receiving. Thank you. I receive. I receive. We see that reconciliation in Colossians 1.20. We see it in Romans 5.10. What else do we have? Because of the blood of Jesus, we have overcoming power. That which we receive when we appropriate what has been delegated unto us. And next uh, Sunday, we're going to be talking about why we plead the blood of Jesus. Like somebody would plead their case in court. You need to witness to what the Lord has done. You know, so much of what the Bible is is just law, legal documents. God the Father is the judge. Jesus is the advocate. The devil is the accuser. He's the prosecuting attorney. It's a good thing you have a good defendant. <laughs> you, you wouldn't make it if you're just fighting the devil on your own. But you got Jesus in your corner. Come on, this isn't just one-on-one -on -one wrestling. You've got a tag partner in your, in your corner. Jesus won the victory, right? So overcoming power, Luke chapter 10, verse 18, and I'm going to read this one. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I bet that was a sight. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11, which we've been, re been reading, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. In other words, we have overcoming power. Through the blood of Jesus, we receive deliverance. To be, deliverance means, to be delivered means you are released from the powers of darkness and set at liberty. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. 
who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us. I love that. He delivered us and does deliver us. I have a continual deliverance in operation in my life. As long as I'm fellowshipping with the Lord, I'm walking in that deliverance in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, I've mentioned it a couple of times already this morning. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Through the blood of Jesus, we have forgiveness, the act of forgiving, having pardoned and forgotten. I love that, forgotten. Colossians chapter 1 verse 14 says this, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to what? cleanse us from now let me say this where is that unrighteousness now if you're coming to wednesday night bible study you know it's in your mind and it could be on your body but it is not in your spirit can i ask you something i'm gonna anyway so just say yes (laughs) if you sin and become unrighteous. How are you going to enter into the presence of God without getting born again, again? There is one sin that is unpardonable. One. And I'm not going to teach on it tonight or today because we'd be here till tonight. But I did three messages on the unpardonable sin on Wednesday nights. And they're all under the epistle of light and love. And they're the last three uh, messages from 1 John chapter 1. And that's where I did them. And I'm not going to reteach them because I already taught them and I can't reteach them. You know, sometimes people will come up to me after the service and they're like, tell me about the unpardonable sin. I'm thinking, it took me three hours. How am I going to tell you (laughs) to teach on it from the scriptures? So just go back and listen on the website if you want to know. There's only one sin that's unpardonable. And it's not homosexuality. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that it's not all the deeds of the flesh. Because maybe I didn't struggle with homosexuality or transgenderism or any of those things. Maybe, maybe it isn't the latest, hottest sin that the, that the church, religious church world likes to come up with that's sending everybody to hell. But I sinned in the category of the sins of the flesh. And I did things I wasn't supposed to. And to just help the Christians that think they're doing wonderfully well in every other area like lust or, or, or pornography or homosexuality or any of these other things. That, and they stand in righteous indignation over other people that are struggling in those areas. Just go ahead and add to your list gossip, worry, fear, strife, bitterness, Because it's all in the same category. You cannot separate them. Can I ask you something? Because I'm going to anyway. Good, you guys are getting good. Yeah, just sure, go ahead. And I'm going to wrap this up. (laughs) Because it's time. Was God looking to kill Sodom and Gomorrah? How do you know? Let me, let me ask you this. Was the Lord 
looking to destroy the people of Israel when he told Moses that he was going to destroy them all because they had rejected him. What was the Lord looking for? He was looking for an intercessor. What is Jesus? See, I don't have an accuser between me and God. I have an intercessor. Now, you're saying, preacher, that all those sins are okay? No. Sin is stupid. Don't be stupid. But Jesus loves you stupid. Amen. It's stupid to be in strife. But, but people, we do. We classify things. And you don't have Bible for that. You don't have Bible to condemn people to hell because of sins of the flesh. There is one sin, one, that sends people to hell. Do you know what it is? The rejection of Jesus Christ. Now, I will say this. If you entertain fleshly stuff as a believer and you live there, where does sin lead? What is death? It's the rejection of life. The rejection of, you said it right, Christ. That's why we need to stay out of the flesh. And Paul makes statements and John makes statements and others make statements. And what statements do they make? They make statements like this. Don't walk in the flesh, walk in the spirit. Do you see that? But guys, God is not going He's not looking down, looking. God, is, Jesus being given proves that God is doing everything he possibly can to redeem us. You know, him waiting to return and receive his church, right? Him waiting for that. Sometimes it gets in our head and we're thinking, Lord, what are you waiting for? And the Bible answers it. The precious fruit of the earth. Because we're going to have homosexuals give their heart to Jesus. Transgenders give their heart to Jesus. We're going to see miracles. We're going to see transgenders that have had transition surgery get miracles and change in their body just like that. Come on, he's the same miracle worker. Do you know the scripture says in the gospels that Jesus healed the maimed? That means they were body parts that were removed. Now in their day, it was probably because of you know, a farming accident. I mean, they had issues with animal attacks like we don't have. I mean, we still have them, but I'm talking about in that day. You know, somebody might have been attacked by an animal or something took place and they maybe lost a limb, a finger, something like that. Come on, Jesus healed lepers. And the scripture says that the one that came back to him and gave him praise and thanks out of the 10 that, that went to show themselves to the priest, it says he was made whole. That means he got his nose back. Yes. Come on. It's one thing to have leprosy stop. It's another to have your nose back. That's good news. So what about a transgender who's had body parts changed? Is it grievous? Oh, it's grievous. But do we have an answer? A healer. 
one who has who is the creator of the parts can put the parts back come on have you ever heard testimonies about miracles i mean today not not just in the i love the bible testimonies of course but i mean today i've heard of metal pieces in people dissolving Come on, I had a, I had a, a co-student uh, at Rama with me who had uh, cancer in his pelvic bone, and they had to take part of that out. And, and he got saved, and then he got filled with the Holy Ghost, and then he was back at the doctor, and they were doing an x-ray, and guess what was back? His pelvis. The bones were back. Do you know why? Because God's in heaven going, I made them. I've got storehouses. <laughs> Come on, faith arise. Believe in his goodness. Don't get on the side of condemning people. Believe God. For your transgender coworker, pray for them. Guys, you say, well, what do you know about it, preacher? Listen, before any of this ever hit Billings, I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. At the time, it had one of the largest homosexual communities, period, in the United States. And I worked with multiple transgenders. I'm talking about guys that look like guys. I mean, there's no way a woman has an arm that big coming to work in women's clothing and they have a woman's name and i didn't i didn't just you know you sinner you're going to hell you know i pray for these people love them uh, 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 don't i didn't condone their lifestyle but come on stay on the positive side what were you redeemed out of come on what were you redeemed out of i don't know about you but i was pretty sorry you know, if, if there was a competition, I may not be the best, but I'd rank pretty high for sinner and sorry person, human. And you know what God said? Ooh, look at him. Let's make him a preacher. <laughs> he got to be way on the loser scale. We could turn him into a winner. People will believe if we make him a preacher because they know him. There's, they know there's no way he could do what he's doing because I love it, Mark Hankins' statement. God has a real reputa reputation for taking some real losers and turning them into real winners. Woo-wee! Hey, I got victory in him. I don't know about you, but when I gave my heart at, to the Lord at 19, oh, Jesus, I was free, and I was never going back. And I believe my friends that have not got saved yet are. They will. Because they're going to go, we knew Sean. That guy was dumb. <laughs> Guys, just a tip. No, I'm not going to say it. I, I just, I, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. We did so many stupid things. I don't know how I'm not in prison. My dad tried at one point, at least to get me to jail. It didn't work out so well, but he tried. <laughs> Because he loved me. Is God mad at you? 
Are you righteous? In Christ. If you've received Christ, you're righteous. You're free. Joy, why don't you come? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Christ. After the service, our altar care workers are coming up now, but they'll, they'll be available if you need prayer for anything or anything like that. But I just want to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus because uh, eternity is at stake here. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 11, it says that God has placed eternity in men's hearts and minds. In other words, he made you so you know you're eternal and you know he, he placed it within you to know and have a hunger to know him. The Bible says this, that God loves us and does not want us to perish. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God does not want you condemned. All people have sinned. It's the truth. The scripture says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The third truth that you just need to understand is that heaven is a free gift and you cannot deserve it or earn it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. In other words, it's a free gift from God and you receive it. It wasn't of yourselves, not of works, but receiving a free gift from God. God wanted us back in relationship with him. That Romans 5, 8 and 9 says he demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. We know that we receive this gift of forgiveness from scripture through faith by trusting in Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart, with the individual, with your own heart, you believe unto righteousness. And with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So right now you can place your faith in Jesus and receive God's gift of eternal life. I'd just like to, to say this. If you'd like to receive Jesus... I would just like you to raise your hand where you're at so I can pray with you and we can pray together. I don't know everybody here today. We have a few guests, so I want to give this opportunity. If you'd be bold enough to raise your hand where you're at, you can receive Jesus. Thank you. Yes. Anybody else? Anybody online, Josh? I want to, nobody online right now? Okay. Praise God. Well, why doesn't everybody join together? And pray this prayer with me as uh, these receive the Lord. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that your son Jesus came to the earth, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead so I could receive forgiveness, become your child, and receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now, repent of my sin, and receive your gift of forgiveness. I give you all my life and my heart. I believe you have accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. And Jesus also said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Thank you for saving me.
making me your child and helping me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.